Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Well, I thought Stanford-Utah would be an ugly football game. I didn't think it would go like that. It's the TreeCast, Sunday, October 7th, 2018. Not the most festive one, but we're here to break it all down for you. Stanford football goes down to defeat against Utah on Saturday night. The TreeCast with Troy Clarity is hosted by me, Troy Clarity. Happy to be with you, even though these aren't exactly the best of circumstances to be hosting a Stanford football podcast. We still certainly appreciate uh, you taking time out of your day uh, to join us and to be a part of the program. A couple of things of note as we break down Stanford's loss to Utah. You're going to hear from Stanford quarterback K.J. Costello. Who had a career night. You're also going to hear from Stanford linebacker Bobby Okariki as uh, he tries to uh, tell us what's happening from the defensive perspective. But overall, an ugly, ugly evening of Stanford football, and we'll get into it here on the show. Some ground rules. Follow me on Twitter, at Troy Clarity. The last name is spelled C-L-A-R-D-Y. Always appreciate those uh, who uh, give me the follow. Also, especially appreciate those who subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much to those of you who have already done so. Uh, If you subscribe, if you rate and review the show, uh, that would certainly uh, be a a big part in helping make the TreeCast and continue to make the TreeCast the number one podcast in the Cardinal football space. So uh, thank you uh, to those of you uh, who have already done so. And uh, hang with me here. This isn't going to be the most pleasant TreeCast that we've ever done because uh, Stanford took one on the chin and it was in some ways a disastrous performance. There's no other way to spin it. Cardinal losing to Utah 40 to 21, dropping their record to four and two overall on the season as they head off into the bye week in which there are a lot more questions potentially than answers. Uh, Pretty much the tone set relatively early on as uh, cardinal mistakes led to Utah opportunities. Uh, Running into the punter, penalty against Jovan Swan as Stanford still had their defense out there on the field. And Swan ran into Mitch Wisnowski, the uh, Utah punter. Swan not used to rushing punters. Stanford still had his defense out there because they wanted to uh, try to guard against a potential quick kick or anything like that. But uh, they didn't have their normal uh, punt return unit out there. So Swan ran into the punter, resulted in a first down for the Utes. They capitalized on a seven-yard touchdown run by Zach Moss. 7-0 Utah late in the first quarter. Early second quarter, Stanford driving. But then K.J. Costello throws a pick six, 100 yards. Jalen Johnson takes it back the other way. 14-0 Stanford. Later in the second quarter, Stanford down again. Or in Utah driving again, and they commit, uh, they uh, convert on a 35 yard touchdown run by Zach Moss. 21 0. 21 0. 
Utah with the lead over Stanford with 2.56 to go in the second quarter. And at that point, I'll be dead honest with you. I texted my buddies and I said, that's the ball game. That's it. No way in the world Stanford comes back to win this game. Stanford did get a touchdown before the end of the half. Utah got a field goal at the end of the half. Some unfortunate uh, strategy there, I think, uh, defensively for the Cardinal. Leading to the, the three points for Utah, made it 24-7 at the half. Stanford, close to 27-21, fought back, made it a game again, but then just completely sputtered offensively in the fourth quarter as a sack ended one possession, a strip sack ended another possession, and then a fumble after a reception ended Stanford's last gasp drive. Meanwhile, Utah kicking field goals. Matt Gay had four of them for the Utes. And then the the dagger, the dagger. Middle in the fourth quarter, Tyler Huntley getting away from Gabe Reed, who almost brought him down for the sack and hitting his man for a 57-yard score just beyond uh, the outstretched uh, fingertips of Stanford safety Frank Buncombe. Put it all together, it's a 40-21 to loss for the Stanford Cardinal. K.J. Costello threw for 381 yards. Stanford had three receivers over 100 yards in, 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 in receiving. But really, quite honestly, those numbers are just for the fantasy geeks. It, fa- fantasy is kind of a thing in college football, right? I think it is. It probably can be. But, you know, you're, you're, you're only happy about those numbers if you had K.J. Costello or any of those, any of those three wide receivers, Caden Smith, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, and Trenton Irwin, uh, on, on your fantasy college football team. Here are the numbers that matter when it comes to the Cardinal. Stanford running backs without Bryce Love. So Trevor Spates got much of the workload. Cameron Scarlett spelling him as well. Stanford running backs combining for 23 carries and 73 yards. That's it. That's it. Cardinal had their 11-game home win streak snapped. They've been fantastic at defending Stanford Stadium over the years. Grand scheme of things, still are. But that's their first loss after an 11-game home win streak. Stanford this year has not gotten off to very good starts. And except in one game, and one notable exception, have not been able to finish opponents either and finish off well. Cardinal outscored in the first quarter this year 38-14. to 38-14. to 14. Think about that. They've outscored in the first quarter this year, 38-14. Only 7-0 for Utah but at the end of the first quarter of this one. But overall, Cardinal have not gotten off to good starts. Meanwhile, in the fourth quarter, Stanford being outscored this on the season, 41-20. 41-20 in the fourth quarter, Stanford's being outscored. Oh, more bad numbers here. This is the third game in a row in which the Cardinal have allowed more than 30 points. That's the first time that's happened to Stanford since 2009. Final three games of the season there. Cal, Notre Dame, and against Oklahoma in the Sun Bowl. Nine years you have to go back to the last time Stanford allowed 30-plus points in three straight games. And here's the doozy. Here, here's the one that I, I, I really can't wrap my, my mind around. The last three quarterbacks that the Cardinal have faced, Justin Herbert of Oregon, Ian Book of Notre Dame, 
and now Tyler Huntley of Utah. In regulation, those three quarterbacks combined to complete 81.5% of their passes. Tyler Huntley, 17-21 on Saturday night for the Utah Utes. Justin Herbert, 25-27 of 27 in regulation uh, for Oregon. And Ian Book went 24-33 for Notre Dame. Cardinal are allowing, and, I, and look, I, I understand that in this day and age, the completion percentage stat is a bit watered down because it's a lot easier to complete passes these days than it was even 15 years ago just because of how offensive schemes have changed in that span of time. But still, when your opposing quarterbacks are completing 81.5% of their passes, and these aren't just dink and dunk throws either. These are, at times, big throws, big plays, chain-moving throws. Speaks volumes for where Stanford is overall. Those are the numbers that truly matter. Forget about the 381 yards that K.J. Costello threw for. Yes, Stanford outgained the Utah Utes. Yeah, that's, that's, that's all fine and dandy, but they also had a boatload of turnovers. Overall, a terrible evening for Stanford football. There's just no other way to spin it. None. So as you would imagine, it was a little quiet in the Stanford locker room after that result. K.J. Costello spent some moments with us here in the media and eavesdropping on, on, a, on a portion of his post-game media chat. K.J. starts here by telling us all what didn't go right for the Stanford offense against the Utah Utes. We've played games. We've played really good, one, uh, really good quarters, maybe one, two, SC, maybe three quarters. Um, we're going to fight like hell um, to play a complete game. And uh, I'm not going to stop pushing myself and my teammates until we can do that. The inability to run the football, uh, if the coach said it was execution, um, what do you think it, it is? Um, you know, Coach Schottenhoe's best in that world um, and, and Coach Carberry. I mean, it, it definitely is execution. I mean, as a whole offense, right, like think about an offense is 11 guys have to do their job in order for the play to be efficient. Um, on defense, maybe one guy can slack off and they still get a stop. Um, so when a play doesn't work, the bottom line is it's execution. We talk about doing our 111th, every, you know, one guy out of the 11 doing their job. And um, for the run game to go and the pass game to go, that has to be the mindset. And um, we're going to get back to the drawing board, and, and uh, we will figure that out um, real soon here. AJ, what was the difference for you in the third quarter? You kind of got off to a slow start, but then in the third went five for eight with a touchdown. What do you think the difference was for you? Um... You know, thinking back on that game, I mean, I, uh, you know, I had a choice to make there, you know, after two interceptions, um, both in the red zone, um, one trying to save, you know, from my perspective, trying to save the offense, you know, dirt it and end up throwing an interception can't happen. That's on me. Um, so I had a choice to make there um, to sulk off two interceptions in the red zone or to keep fighting for my teammates. Um, and I learned a lot about myself tonight and, and. That has to be the mindset for all of us going forward. We've seen fight continuously when we're down as an entire team. And as a team and an organization, the idea is to come out with that energy and to play ahead of the game the entire time. And, um, you know, we, we have a bunch of guys determined to figure out how we can do that. And um, I'm going to be real excited when we can figure that out. 
Okay, in your eyes, what's keeping you guys from coming out with that fight from the beginning? Man, that's a tough question. We've been going back after it um, week in and week out trying to figure it out. Um, you know, we won a lot of coin tosses. We've got the ball to start the game a lot of times. And, um, you know, that's a wonderful opportunity to impose your will and set the tone and the momentum for the entire game. Um, I cannot pinpoint exactly what, what it is, um, but I do feel... Uh, reoccurring theme out there in terms of when we get our first first down, maybe the second first down. I mean, we're an entirely different. The defense is operating totally differently. I mean, the run game's you know four at a minimum. Um, from at least from my eyes, I feel the efficiency kind of turn over um, as soon as we get that first or second first down. Um, so finding that rhythm is basically what I'm after and what we're after as an offense. KJ, do you think you may be pressing a little bit too much to make things happen? Uh, as a result of your team's inability to run the ball? Um, you know, that's a good question. I mean, d tapping into my mindset, it's always about protecting the football and putting my team and myself um, and the offense in, in the best position to succeed. And I want to be in an advantageous situation all the time. I mean, obviously, it's, you know, not advantageous in third and 11. Um, one, when you got to protect up, you got, you got pressure coming primarily or they're dropping off and playing max protection. Um, you know, it... It comes down to execution and playing ahead of the game. I, I continuously, as a whole, um, you know, Coach Pritchard has talked about it so much, and he's he's spot on. And as a whole, we got to find a way to do it. You don't think you're taking extra chances? I just want to rephrase the question, make sure I understand what you're saying. You don't think you're taking extra chances as a result of the team's inability to run the ball? Well, I mean, naturally, um, if you look at the statistics, I am throwing the ball more. Um, therefore, I am, you know, I'm, I'm coming across decisions maybe um, a little bit more often than I would if we were rushing, you know, more. So, I mean, I guess I'm, um, I'm in a situation where I got to be, I got to use discernment um, maybe a little bit more often than, than last year. But that's what the offense calls for, and that's what I'm willing to do. How much not having Bryce healthy is affecting you guys offensively, or is it? I mean, it's a really tough question. I mean, no, like I said, no one guy's going to change this team or change the way we operate. I mean, obviously, he has an unbelievable influence. Um, you know, still, in my opinion, the best back in the country. I mean, when the guy gets a crease, you know, he's gone. And we're trying to see that more. And I really want to see that more, and we all want to see that more. Um, you know, tonight, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, um, it's about doing your 111th, so... At the end of the day, it's, it's very difficult to discern, you know, his presence, not without his presence, um, where, where we would have been if he was out there. Can you take us through the pick six from your perspective? <sighs> yeah, for sure. I saw it very clearly. Um, you know, we've been very, very um, effective and efficient on, on that play all year, and, and I was tuned into what, how they were going to try and stop it. And at the end of the day, he, that corner, he, he guessed, and he guessed right. Um, he was playing all of that, um, but that play primarily f that fits right into to my ideology of, of throwing the ball where the defense tells me to go with it. Um, and they weren't they, at that time reading his body language. They weren't telling me to go there, and it was something I hadn't seen all year. And, and um, he got the better of me that play. That's KJ Costello, and you heard my my question to him at the very end of it about uh, having having him take me through. Uh, the pick six interception. Boy, that was a dagger. That was just such a dagger at that time. Stanford gets a touchdown there. It's a tie ball game. And who knows how it goes? Who knows which way the game turns from there? 
But down 14 nothing like that, you knew it was going to be uphill sledding for the Cardinal the rest of the way. And overall, Stanford had their moments, were able to build some things in the third quarter, or at least a stretch uh, bridging the second and third quarters. But, but when they needed to absolutely the most, Cardinal with just critical, critical plays that went against them. The interceptions at the start of the game. Getting sacked with Stanford down by nine, 30 to 21, midway through or early in the fourth quarter, and still with a chance and still driving. But Costello getting sacked, stemming or stopping one drive, and then the strip sack on the next drive to really end any hope for the Cardinal there. The offense clearly with its issues right now. And many of them stem from the simple fact that Stanford cannot run the ball. Cannot run the ball. Not by their own standard. Not by anyone's standard at this point. I mentioned 23 carries combined for Trevor Spates and Cameron Scarlett for just 73 yards. That's nowhere near good enough. Nowhere near good enough. It's not even, you know, forget, forget the standard that we had become accustomed to over the last couple of years with the eye-popping rushing numbers that Christian McCaffrey and Bryce Love were able to rack up in 2015, 2016, and 2017 as well. Forget that. That, that might be well out the window now. They can't run the ball by anyone's standard. And give Utah all the credit in the world. They deserve it. They had a terrific game plan, and they executed it much better than Stanford did. And we knew coming in, or at least I tried to tell y'all coming in, that many of Stanford's weaknesses offensively seemed to match up pretty well with, with Utah's strengths defensively. You can't just run smack at the Utah Utes and expect to run them over. That's a tough task. That's a tall assignment for anyone to try to pull off, much less a team that hasn't proven that they can run over anyone at this point of the season, including UC Davis. But Stanford cannot run the ball. They cannot run the ball. That's where everything stems from. We've talked about this many times on the TreeCast. It all starts up front for the Cardinals. If they can't open up holes for the running backs, if the running backs can't blow through the holes and make big gains on a consistent basis, then the offense goes nowhere. Stanford able to throw the ball. Yeah, that's nice. Almost 400 yards passing for, for Costello, but much of those weren't really, it seemed, productive yards. It was tough, and, you know, it was, it was tough sliding in the pass protection department as well up front. Now, I will say this. I will say this. Utah brought the house on several occasions, all-out blitz pickup, and I thought the car did a terrific job in that department picking up Utah's all-out blitzes and giving K.J. Costello time to throw. I thought overall, blitz pickup was pretty good. But when they were just sending four, Cardinal could not handle the stunts and the, and the games that the, that the Utah defensive line were playing. And those guys were getting home, hitting K.J. in the first half and then sacking him in the second half. Stanford cannot run the ball. They have problems protecting the passer. And they seem to not be able to find ways right now 
of getting the ball in the end zone other than the jump ball. We saw the we saw what happens when the defense knows what's coming with the pick six. They had J.J. Arcega-Whiteside very well covered. And Jalen Johnson took it back 100 yards. Offensively, Stanford just cannot get it going consistently. And they, 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 they certainly can't get off to any good starts. That's where so much of this begins. The things that Stanford does so well and has done so well over the past few years are not happening right now. Not getting off to good starts, not running the ball, not protecting the passer. That's a lethal combination, man. That's a lethal combination. Defense, of course, is having its struggles, too. We mentioned those quarterbacks who are completing passes on them at an 81.5% clip. Now they're getting gashed on the ground. Zach Moss racking up 160 yards on just 20 carries for the Utah Utes. And a defense that had been playing pretty well, very well, for the first three games of the season at or near the top of the list in scoring defense were the Cardinal after the first three games of the year. Since then, Stanford's fallen off a cliff defensively. Hasn't even been close to the standard that Lance Anderson and the Stanford defense have set over the past few years. Not even close. That's what Bobby Okariki was on hand to discuss in the locker room after the game. As we eavesdrop on, on Bobby Okariki's post-game media session, and he begins by summing up the night defensively for the Cardinals. Uh, yeah, I mean we made some mistakes on defense that put the offense in bad situations, and same. So anytime you do that, it's not, uh, I guess, conducive to a good team win environment. But uh, yeah, it was it was tough. They were able to run the ball on us. They were physical up front. Uh, we just didn't do a good enough job. Yeah, was it execution or was it something maybe you guys didn't expect out of them being able to? No, be uh, I mean, yeah, we expected we expected type of runs. We watched on film all week. It's just we just didn't get the job done. Psychologically, where are you guys sitting right now after this result? Uh, four and two, uh, going into bye week um, with an opportunity to win all of our Pac-12 North games to so win the Pac-12 championship. So uh, we just got to regroup after the bye week. In a sense, could this bye week have possibly come at a better time given uh, how things have gone the last couple of weeks and given how, how banged up this team has been for the, for the first six games? Yeah, I mean, it's perfect being in the middle of the season. We've played six games, physical, and like I said, we had some guys hurt early that hopefully can come back and, uh, yeah, just rally the troops. That's Bobby Okariki. As he says, the bye week is coming at, at, at the right time. Yes, it is, and I hope they, 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 they use it correctly and that they use it to get everyone's minds right Everyone's body's right and, and ready for, ready for the, the home stretch of the 2018 season. I, I want to get into something here, something that was, that was in my mind as I was walking out of Stanford Stadium on, on, on Saturday night. And I was asking myself whether this team is tough enough, whether this team is resilient enough and whether also this team is physically tough enough to handle things and handle the things that they're going to be seeing for the remainder of the season. I was really questioning it, especially after watching a Utah team that certainly seemed to, seemed to, seemed to tighten up when the game was truly on the line and play better. 
I was questioning whether this team is tough enough and resilient enough for the stretch run. Now, I, I, I've got a, I got a night's sleep. was up early Sunday morning, had Pac-12 Network soccer duty. And as of right now, as I say this on Sunday afternoon, I feel better about whether Stanford is tough enough for the remainder of the season to handle this and to get back to, to right the ship and, and, and to get things going in the direction that it needs to be going in. I feel better about it, mostly because, let's face it, they came back down from 24-7 on the road at Oregon. Should have been 30-7. to But you, you still get my point. And they found a way to make it a ball game. I, as I mentioned, when it was 21-0, I thought it was over. I thought it was over. But they found a way to get back into it and close it to a six-point Utah advantage late in the third quarter, 27-21. Weak teams don't do that. Teams that, that fold like a tortilla don't come back from 21 nothing deficits and close it to just six points before the end of the third quarter. So I, I think that there is a history there with this team that, that suggests that this team is mentally tough enough and can execute and can put things together in order to play effective football. Are they physically tough enough? I don't know. I don't know. Getting healthy will certainly help in that respect, I'm sure. But I don't know right now. And I, I, I don't know at this point in time, if Stanford is ready for what they're about to face the rest of the way. I mean, this was supposed to be the easy part, the easy half of the schedule coming up, but, but suddenly it, it, looks, it, it looks a bit different now, doesn't it? At Arizona State, Stanford certainly is not going to beat the Sun Devils on the road playing like they did against Utah on, on Saturday night. That ain't happening. They probably won't beat Washington State playing like that. They will not beat Washington on the road. I mean, I, I realize the Huskies haven't, they haven't played like world beaters that many people thought that they were going to be coming into this season. They haven't played like it, but, but still, up there in Seattle, no way in the world Stanford is going to beat the Huskies playing like that. They'll probably beat Oregon State. Might not beat Cal. May not beat UCLA. May not. I don't know. I don't know. So all of a sudden, the second half of the season looks a bit tougher. It looks a bit tougher. The things that this team has relied on, this program has relied on over the past few years, are going to be counted on even more heavily. The intellectual brutality that this team plays with, that this team takes so much pride in, they're going to have to take it back. They're going to have to take it back because their play against Utah was neither intellectual nor brutal. Well, brutal in a different sense, but, but not the sense that you want it to be. They're going to need to get it back. They need to run the ball. I don't know how. Getting healthy again would help, but they, they need to run the ball. They need to find ways to 
get the running backs, whomever they are going. And I, I again, I, I don't think, I don't have the the feeling that Bryce Love out there would have changed the game that much, except from a schematic standpoint. Because as we talked about on the previous TreeCast, having Bryce Love in that game would have at least forced Utah to play the run honest. So I, I don't necessarily know how how that would have changed things necessarily against the Utes. But they need to find ways. They need to spend this, this bye week trying to find ways to, to get it back. It starts with the coaches potentially putting the kids in better position, giving Bryce Love or whomever the running backs are, giving them chances. I mean, teams are going if teams are gonna, you know, try to stuff stuff the run up the middle, then hey, go outside with it. Take it to the opposite direction. Use misdirection. Use a team's defensive strength against them. Turn it into their weakness. We've seen them do that over the last couple of years. It starts with the coaches. It starts with the offensive play calling. It starts with the, the execution. Or maybe it ends with the execution. Because the coaches can, can, can eat their Wheaties all they want to, but if the kids don't go out there and, and get it done, then where are we? So I, 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 I started the, the previous TreeCast by, by saying that this was going to be truth-telling football. For Utah and Stanford? Well, the truth right now for Stanford is this. you got a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. And while I still feel good about where this team could potentially end up, still in position to do some great things. That was not a Pac-12 North loss, I'll tell you that. that, that, that's, that, that that's good news. Still in position to potentially be playing for a Pac-12 championship and to set themselves up for a Rose Bowl. That's, that's still on the table for the Cardinals. Now, whether you feel as confident about Stanford's chances of getting there, whether that confidence is now shaken, and mine is, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you there, remains to be seen. Remains to be seen. So the truth right now is that Stanford has a lot of work to do to get back to to where they, where they want to go and go in the right direction. That's what the bye week is for. That's what the rest of the regular season is for as well. Looking forward to seeing how it shakes out. Follow me on Twitter, at Troy Clarity. You got thoughts on the show. You got thoughts on Stanford football. I obviously always welcome them. Uh, best way to do so is via Twitter, hashtag TreeCast. Hashtag TreeCast is the way to go to share your thoughts on the card and and which direction they go from here and how they get there. Because we're going to have a lot of things to talk about in the next few weeks. Posting schedule for the TreeCast is going to be a bit up in the air uh, with the bye week upon us and with a Thursday game coming up next week. Uh, Posting schedule might be a bit iffy. Uh, so I would imagine we will have another TreeCast for you before the end of the week. We may not. One way to ensure that you are on top of things uh, when the TreeCast, the next TreeCast is ready to go, is to subscribe to the show uh, via Apple Podcasts, 
That's the best way to make sure that uh, whenever the next TreeCast is ready to go, it is in your inbox and ready to rock. So subscribe to the TreeCast via Apple Podcasts. Thanks again to KJ Costello and to Bobby Okariki, as they were our guests on this edition of the show. We will talk to you next time. Don't drink and drive. If you do, you're the dumbest person on the planet, period. Talk to you later. Thanks for joining us. This has been the TreeCast with Troy Clarity.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.